If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. My goal this morning is to help you to handle life in 2021. I wish I could tell you you're not going to have any trials. I wish I could say you're not going to have any storms. I wish I could say you're not going to have any struggles. I can't promise you that. Uh, 2021 may be harder than 2020. And maybe we'll look back at 2020 and say, you know what? 2020 wasn't that bad after all. But I believe it's not the trial that defeats us. It's our wrong reaction to the trials. And I want to help you this morning, especially the issue of worry and fear. And uh, what I found out is a lot of people, uh, they experience worry and fear and they don't tell anybody about it. If they tell somebody about it, they tell a few friends about it. Why did God tell us over and over again in the Bible, don't fear, don't worry, trust in me. It's throughout the entire Bible. And my wife and I are trying to write down five verses every day of how to trust God because we don't do it. We need to trust God in a greater way. And folks, life may change, but God never changes. You say, well, pastor, that's just my personality to worry and to uh, be stressed out. Uh, No, God has given you his Holy Spirit. He wants you to change. We need to understand this before we change The pain of the same must exceed the pain of change. Now, this is the first Sunday of the new year, and maybe you made some resolutions. Maybe you've said, forget it, I've made so many resolutions in my life, I haven't kept any of them. And usually you make resolutions, and you say, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to read more of the Bible. And by February, you're going, oh, I didn't keep it, so forget the resolution. Peter is writing to believers who were afraid. They were experienced great trials. And the information that Peter gives to the believers is the same information that we need this morning. Sixteen different times in 1 Peter, Peter mentions the word suffering. Now the believers suffered greatly. Remember, it's not the suffering that causes the problem. The suffering simply reveals the problem. Because when life goes our way, we don't have to trust in God. We think. But when a trial comes, all of a sudden we feel like, Lord, where are you? God is in the place he's always been. He wants us to trust in him. So change is possible. Change is not easy because if change was easy, everybody would change. Change is not easy. But folks, if you're saved this morning, it is possible to change. You can say, Pastor, I've always been a worry ward. I've always been afraid. I've always uh, been stressed out. You don't have to be stressed out because God lives in you. I'm thankful that God is in the changing business. We're going to look at God's word this morning. The sufficiency of the Bible should be a delight to all of us this morning that God's word is sufficient. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says all Scripture was given to us to help us with doctrine, reproach, so that we can be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, God, our Heavenly Father, does not want you to be stressed out or worried. So there's a sufficiency in Scripture. God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows you better than 
people know you. Have you ever been misjudged? We all have. God never misjudges us. He knows exactly the way we are. And so there's a sufficiency of Scripture. Secondly, we have the Spirit of God living in us. Now think about that. Uh, Paul says, walk in the power of the Spirit of God. Walk in the power of the Spirit of God and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now why did God give us His Spirit? Because you cannot live the Christian life apart from the Spirit of God. And many times we, in our own effort, we've tried to change. We couldn't change. You see, it's impossible to change. Now God would not put in His Word how to change and what we ought to achieve in life if it wasn't possible. So God's given us his Holy Spirit. The moment of salvation, as Paul said, we become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. God is in the changing business. Now, that doesn't take place at salvation. We don't completely change. Uh, we are going to heaven. Praise the Lord for that. But during this time until, from salvation until Jesus comes or until he takes us home to heaven, it's called sanctification. And right now you might be thinking, no, pastor, I can't change. Yes, you can. You have the Spirit of God living in you. You have the Word of God. Now, change takes place when we're a, our, we are a doer of the Word of God. You can hear a message this morning on how not to worry and say, well, pastor, that was good. But until you put it in practice, it doesn't do you any good. Think of all the sermons you have heard throughout your life. And sermons from evangelists and uh, uh, lessons in Sunday school. And you say, you know what? They, they really haven't helped me out. Be a doer of the word. Not a hearer only. Deceiving your own selves. So you see, uh, we can equate hearing the word of God to doing the word of God. Just because you hear the word of God this morning, it's not a form of entertainment. It's not enough just to hear it. You've got to put it into practice. Then I think of this too. God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. God desires for you to have joy. Now every parent this morning, you want your kids to be happy. You don't like them crying, pouting. Uh, you don't like them discouraged, depressed. God desires for his children to be joyful. And folks, let's see what Peter writes to the believers that were scattered abroad because of persecution. They were being persecuted. Some of them had lost their lives. They'd lost their businesses. They lost their homes, their friends. This is what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, he says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, we hear that verse many times, but God is saying to you this morning, cast all your care on me, God says, because I care for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I want to encourage you this morning. Take some notes. 
And then don't just tuck those notes away in your Bible or throw them away later on, but put it into practice what Peter has to say to the early church, what God has to say to us about how to live our lives in the year 2021. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful that you've given us your word, you've given us your spirit. Lord, I realize that without your spirit this morning controlling me, I will not be able to say those things that you want to be said. So, Father, fill me with your spirit this morning. I pray for every listener. Oh, Lord, help us all to not just listen with our ears, but with our hearts. I ask, Father, this morning, as maybe some are right now are thinking about how rough 2021 will be and some deadlines and some uh, obstacles, some storms they're going to have to face. Lord, encourage their hearts this morning. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. One thing I think most people don't like to do is go to the doctor. Now, I know people don't like to go to the dentist. And usually when you go to the doctor, for a man, he's almost ready to die before he goes to the doctor. And his wife says, you've got to go to the doctor, you've got to go to the doctor. And you go to the doctor usually because of a symptom. It's usually because you have a fever. And uh, you can't get rid of the fever. You go to the doctor and say, I have a fever. And they're trying to figure out what is causing that fever. Or you go to the doctor because you've had a headache for a long time. Or you have some sore muscles or a stomach ache. And use the symptoms that drive us to the doctor. And the doctor, a good doctor, is trying to figure out why you have those symptoms. What's causing those symptoms? Now, stress is the same thing. We all have stress, and we think this. We all think, you know, if I had a good life, I wouldn't have any stress. If I didn't have any problems, I wouldn't have any stress. Well, the problems simply reveal the stress. The wrong thinking. And when life goes our way, we think that, you know, I don't have any stress. I don't have any problems. But folks, the stressful event, the suffering simply reveals our wrong thinking. And so this morning, I want us to think right according to the Word of God. First of all, Peter says in verse 5, submit to God's control. Submit to God's control. That's hard. It's easy for you when you're stressed out. For someone who says, don't worry about it, God's in control. We've said that to others, and we've had it said to ourselves. And we remind ourselves, I had to remind myself many times this past week, and I hear something on the news, and I say, that's not fair, and I think, God's in control. God is in control. So Peter is telling the believers that were suffering, that were hurting, that God is in control. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble." He says, humble yourselves. Now, why do we all need to be humble? Because we all have pride. And pride will cause us to be stressed out. A person that worries a lot has a lot of pride. We all have pride. And the Bible says, humble yourselves. It's interesting. God doesn't say, I'm going to humble you. Now, many times God will put us in a situation that looks dark and uh, we're in the valley and we're looking around and things seem difficult. We finally throw up our hands and we say, God, I give up. You know what God says? You should have given up before. 
And I've talked to people that when they hit rock bottom, they quit for a while and they say, okay, I'm not going to fight God anymore. Folks, you can't fight against God. He always wins. And sometimes people are at rock bottom and they give up. And then when they get out of their bad circumstances, they fight again. Peter said, you humble yourselves. Verse 5, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the other. Yea, all of you. So Peter said, every person, every Christian, none of us are exempt. All of us, we fight with pride. What does pride tell us? That we're better than everybody else. It's in your mind. You're not better than everybody else. We're made of dirt. Pride says my way is more important than everybody else's way. That's pride. Pride is saying I have to have my way. That's pride. Folks, what Peter is saying, you humble yourself by obeying and submitting to the authority that God has placed above you. So children this morning, it's not easy to obey mom and dad. Especially when dad and mom are wrong. But God has placed your dad and mom over you. And you're supposed to submit to your parents because if you don't submit to your parents, you're not submitting to God. We submit to our bosses because God tells us to. Uh, we submit to authority placed over us because God tells us to. And a way that we can see if we're submissive or not, are we submitting to authority? The Bible says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Now, when you went to your closet this morning, and maybe some of you laid out your clothes last night, you were all ready this morning, you bounced out of bed, you want to see how much snow was out there, and you had your clothes all ready to go, and some of you said, well, I, was just, I just wait till Sunday morning, and I look at all those clothes, can't figure out which one to wear. And There's one item that we don't put on. He said, clothe yourself with humility. Whenever there's a fight, it's because of pride. Whenever there's a disagreement, it's because of pride. Whenever there's stress, it's because I want my way. Instead of submitting to God's control. And when Peter says, clothe yourself with humility, what he's saying is, put on the apron. Now there's not an apron in your closet. But when you put on their clothes, think, I'm going to be humble today. I'm going to exalt the people around me. I'm going to prefer them over myself. You know, if everybody lived that way, there would be no division. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Sounds like heaven. <laughs> it is heaven when we're going to experience that. But a couple this morning, when you have problems, it's because you haven't submitted yourself. You say, well, if my partner, if my spouse would just uh, submit themselves to God, then there'd be harmony. No, God says you submit yourself. When there's friction, when there's division in the church, it's because there's pride. And Peter says we need to submit ourselves to God's control. Now, what is humility? Humility is not, see, not thinking less of self. It's simply not thinking of self. Because there's reverse humility. Have you ever been around that person but that describes you this morning? We said, you know, I'm so bad, I can't do anything. No one likes me. I'm just a failure. I don't have any friends. Whatever I do, I, I mess up. That's a reverse pride. Because what you're really thinking about self. So Peter says, 
We need to submit ourselves to the control of God. You humble yourself. That takes place many, many times during the day. Because one moment you might be submissive and the very next moment you're full of pride. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. It's in our mind. You're where you're at. You have the job you have because of Almighty God. True humility gives God the glory, gives God the credit. You know how many times we get bent out of shape because someone didn't recognize us? That's pride. All the glory should go to God. God many times has to allow us to be broken before he can build us. You say, Pastor, what's the answer to stress, worry, fear, being broken? Because when you're dead to self, when you're dead to your desires, as the Bible says, to deny self, uh, when you deny self, you don't have any will of your own. You don't have any way of your own. You simply submit to God's control. So whatever God does in your life, you may not like it, but you say, you know what? God is my heavenly Father. Whatever he does is perfect. He knows far more than I know. He sees the future. And he cares about me. I'm going to trust in him. What pride does when pride enters our hearts we become very critical of others. And when you cut down somebody else, you're really, in a sense, building self up. If you find yourself cutting down a lot of people, it's because you're trying to build yourself. I, I wouldn't do that like that person. I'm better than that person. Yeah, in that area, but in another area, you're probably worse than that person. Pride complains. Stress is a result of pride. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Accept all your circumstances from God. He's in control. I don't know why he does what he does. Who am I? To say, God, you're wrong. He's the creator. I'm the creature. So as you drive home this afternoon after the service is over and you get behind a slow driver, you got to say, you know what, God, you allowed that guy to be right in front of me. I, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to honk at him. I'm not going to get real close to his bumper. I'm just, Lord, I'm just going to have a good attitude. And when you get into a line at uh, Walmart and uh, you have a new checkout lady and she doesn't know what she's doing and you think oh man I've been here already for 20 minutes oh, I got to get going I got a schedule to keep it's not for you to get mad at that person God allowed it to happen and many times he allows those lessons to happen so that we can learn to be submissive James chapter 4 verse 10 the Bible says humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Folks, in 2021, I don't want God to be against me because he says he resists the proud. And what does Peter say? Every one of you 
So every person in this room, we all have a pride problem. We all do. We see pride in the life of others, but we don't see it in our hearts. When we get upset, it's a pride problem. We're not submitting to the will of God. So first of all, submit to God's control. When we have mastered submitting to God's control, we're going to thank God for the obstacles. We're going to thank God for the valleys. We're going to thank God for those trials in life. That's hard. When James said, consider it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, he wasn't saying, thank God for those trials, but thank God for what the trial will produce in our life. See, if I have the right attitude, that trial will produce holiness in my life. That's what God desires. He's more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. So first of all, Peter says, Hey, folks, I know you're suffering, but submit to the control of God. God is in control. Secondly, he says, submit to God's care. Well, this is a hard one to swallow because I think this way, too. If I don't stand for myself, who will? Nobody knows me as well as I know me. No, God knows me better. No, God is saying, I'll take care of you. And we try to take care of self. And it's a form of worry what, what we're doing, we're experiencing what we're thinking about. Oh no, Lord, if this happens, or oh no, what if the economy crashes? Oh no, Lord, what if? What if? And it's that what if thinking. And it really hurts me when I hear about God's people that live in fear, that live in worry. Now I can understand the unsaved doing that, but folks, we are saved. This is what God says about you this morning. Casting all your care. Casting. Interesting word. You know, most of you haven't seen dig into the garbage can, all right? But unless you threw something away that was valued. But most of you, you know, when you throw something in the garbage can, it's gone. You don't worry about it. That's what Peter's saying. Casting, get rid of. You don't want it back. No, we do. We give it to God, and then we dig in the garbage can and pull it back out. And we say, God, you take this worry. You have 10 seconds to take care of it. If you don't take care of it in 10 seconds, I'm going to worry about it again. Casting all. Aren't you thankful God didn't say some of your care? Because if we trust God for the greatest concern, eternal life in heaven, why can't we trust God for the everyday trials of life? Casting all your care. The word care means to divide the mind. We've all experienced that. You can even be watching television, be thinking about something else. Right now you can be in church thinking about your problem and your trial. And it's dividing the mind. Right now you can be thinking about your job. You can be thinking about some bills. You can think about a, a child that's gone astray. There's a lot of things that can divide the mind. Peter says, I don't want you to do that. God does not want you to do that. Because worry doesn't do anything for you. It just causes stress. And in a sense, what we're saying is, God, 
I've got this, you don't. No, God has it, you don't. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That is amazing. He cares for you. He knows everything about you, but he cares for you. He cares for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long. He cares for you. How do we overcome worry? How do we face life in 2021? Rely upon the God who cares for you. He saved you. He knows how many pieces of hair are on your head. He loves you. He's already proven that. But he cares for you. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. He knows when you got up last night, when you couldn't sleep. He knows what you're thinking about right now. He knows everything about you, and he cares for you. Stress is caused when we don't submit to the care of God. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We heard the verse many, many times, but are we practicing the verse and it's wrong for us this morning to say, God, you don't care about me. Yes, he does care about you. You're calling God a liar. He cares about you. Now, how do you cast all your care upon him? Someone said that when we put our problems in God's hands, he puts his peace in our hearts. Let me say that again. When we put our problems in God's hands, he puts his peace in our hearts. I've experienced that many times, not enough times. But when you hear something on the news, when something happens, you get a phone call that wasn't good, or a text or email, what you need to do? Get down here and say, God, I'm giving it to you. And so many times, he's replaced that stress, that concern, with his peace. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Now what Paul is saying, don't worry about anything. Easier said than done. Perhaps this morning already you found yourself worried about all kinds of things. Don't worry about anything. And the, and the problem is, if 2021 didn't have any problems, we'd find something to worry about. If it wasn't the economy and it wasn't something big, we'd find something to worry about. Because the real issue is we don't trust in God's control and we don't trust in God's care. He said, be careful for nothing. He's not saying don't be concerned about life, but don't be consumed with life. And I believe that we could sum up 2020 with one word, fear. Fear. The coronavirus. I, I wonder how many times I have said that word. We'll probably never forget that word. But people this year have been, last year have been uh, paralyzed by fear. What does God say? He's not the author of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. David, you know what time I'm afraid? I will trust in him. 
Be careful for nothing. So what Paul is saying, if you worry about it, it's big enough to worry about. It's big enough to pray about. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So what Paul is saying, same thing Peter's saying, give it to God. And then he promises us in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Worry is simply worshiping the problem and not God. God does not want us to be filled with fear and worry so that we can worship him. He's worthy of it. Now think about your thought life this past week. How much time did you waste in worry and fear that didn't change anything? That brought a lot of stress to your life. And many things that we worry about never happen. And, and you're focused so much on that, you're forgetting how great and good your God really is. Matthew chapter 5, verse 34. Matthew says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can plan for tomorrow, but don't worry about tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In the Old Testament, David said in Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. In the Old Testament, God says, Give me your burdens. Hey, I created all things. I created all the mountains, the lakes, the rivers. No matter what you're concerned about, no matter what's dividing your mind this morning, God cares about you. And God will give you his peace that passeth all understanding. Worry is a sin because it shows a lack of trust in God. So the real issue is not worry, it's a lack of trust in God. And what we think this morning, you know, Pastor, what I need to do, if I'm not going to worry anymore, I just need to get rid of all these problems in my life. I promise you that will not happen. Because I know what God will do. He'll allow other problems to come into your life. And have you ever been stressed out about a problem? You think, oh, this is the worst thing. If this would just go away and all of a sudden there was a bigger problem? You see, over and over again, God says, don't worry. Don't worry. Worry is a sin because it demonstrates a lack of confidence in God. So submit to God's control. God is in control. Secondly, God cares about you. Yes, you. He's our Heavenly Father. He never sleeps. He never takes a nap. He has his eye on you all the time. That's amazing. You're never out of his sight. He's way better than our earthly fathers. Because sometimes our earthly fathers are so concerned about their life, they're not concerned as much about our life. But our Heavenly Father cares about you. Then thirdly, this morning, don't, even, don't just submit to God's control, God's care, but God's caution. And I find myself forgetting that I am in a battle. And you are too. When I get up in the morning, I need to 
think to myself, I need to put on the whole armor of God because I'm in a battle. And Satan is evil. He doesn't love me and he doesn't love you. And he wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to steal your joy from you. He can't take our salvation from us. I watched some videos of lions the other day on YouTube and I found myself like yelling at my phone going, get out of the way, get out of the way, that lion, that lion. Of course, the buffalo didn't listen to me. I'm like, don't let the lion, the lion's coming up on you. I'm telling you, lions are vicious. Well, they'll try to grab that goat or buffalo or they'll prey under the neck and just hang on. And they're going after the kill. The devil doesn't like you. Folks, we have an enemy. We've had the same enemy in 2020. We have the same enemy today. He does not want you to be worry-free. He does not want you to trust in God. He does not want you to have a good marriage. He does not want you to go to church. He does not want you to read your Bible. He does not want you to pray. He does not want you this morning to think that maybe I can be victorious. Peter said, why would Peter say this? I mean, these people are suffering enough. But he says, submit to God's caution. Verse 8, be sober. That means be serious. Now, if you got up this morning and you didn't think anything about your enemy, you're not serious then. And it's easy not to be serious about our enemy in America. Especially during the holiday season, you're thinking about the lights and the presents, and uh, now you're thinking about all the bills you have to pay for, and, and you know, you're thinking about the electricity that's going to be higher, and think about you have an enemy. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. Folks, there's a greater enemy. It's the devil himself. And he desires to divide and conquer in your life. Be sober, be vigilant, be alert. Keep watching. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Because your adversary, your opponent. We live in dangerous days. The Christian life is a struggle. It's not easy. The devil wants you to quit. The devil wants you to give up. He doesn't want you to be alert because you're an adversary. The devil is always attacking. And because he's always attacking, we always need to be praying. We always need to trust in God. Folks, I wish I could tell you this morning that uh, you don't have an enemy, but you have an enemy. And too many times we think our enemy our enemy is another person, but it's not. Our real enemy is the devil. And he's seeking whom he may devour. 
He doesn't want to just nip at yet. He wants to devour you. He loves it when someone dies without Jesus Christ. He loves it when you lose your testimony. He loves it when you're not submissive. He loves it when you're so paralyzed by worry. He loves that. Because you, you are where you are today because of the grace of God. George Truitt, who was for many years the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, said that he preached a lot of funeral services. And he said some were great funeral services. The people were saved and the guy was older or the lady was older and they died and they went to heaven and it was just a time of rejoicing. But he said, I remember one funeral service. A young couple had a little girl. She was about five years old when the mom got sick. Mom went to the hospital but she couldn't shake the fever. She died in the hospital. The father, Tom, shared his experience later on. But Tom was a man's man. I mean, he was like 6'4". Big guy. Big hands. He said it just crushed him. He said, my daughter didn't really understand what happened to her mom because she kept saying, is mom going to come back? And even after the funeral, he said, they walked into that house and there was nobody there to make dinner. And after they had eaten, the little girl said, dad, can you help me? Get ready for bed like mom would do. With his thick, big fingers, he tried to button the PJs on her, and it was hard. He put her into bed and was starting to leave, and she said, Dad, can you rock me like mom would? So he said, all right. So he went over to the rocking chair, and she got in the rocking chair, sat on his lap. She put her head on his chest. He started rocking. And after about 30 seconds, he stopped. She goes, Dad, please more. It's dark in here. Please more. He rocked her some more. And this time, over a minute, and he stopped and Oh, Dad, more, more, it's dark in here. Dad, it's dark in here. More, please, more. So he kept rocking her for about four or five more minutes, and she fell asleep, and he lifted her up and put her in her bed and put the blankets over her. And as he was walking out of that room, he slumped down in that rocking chair, and he said, God, it's dark. Would you rock me? Would you rock me? Know what he said later on? He said, God did. The chair didn't move, but he had a peace in his heart. And folks, I believe there's some Christians out here this morning. You just need to say, God, it's dark. It's dark. Would you rock me?
Would you rock me? Let's bow our heads forward to prayer.